Pro Football Playbook, presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network, your source for team news, draft needs, player profiles and rankings, full senior bowl, combine, and NFL draft coverage, news, analysis, discussion. It's in the playbook. Now, here is your host, sports journalist Bill Alfstead, and featured analyst Keith Myers. guys welcome into the brand new pro football playbook podcast i'm your host bill albstead sitting down with keith myers keith welcome to the new show yeah it's a new show after um almost five years of our local show uh tppn is uh given us this opportunity to branch out into uh the full nfl and and um yeah i'm i'm super excited this is going to be a lot of fun yeah, I'm I'm really excited on our uh, on our old show uh, Seahawks Playbook podcast. We've done uh, 275 uh, weekly episodes together over a period of about five years, and um, so that's a long time that we've been able to uh, to remain friends and do a show together. <laughs> so that, that's been that's been pretty awesome. Uh, the Pigskin Podcast Network that you mentioned up front, um, we're great to be a part of that uh, national podcast network and have a sponsorship from DraftKings uh, right out of the gate, which is very helpful. What this show is going to be really about is focusing on all 32 teams in the NFL. We're going to talk about uh, team news, team needs, um, specifically as it relates to the NFL draft. So we're going to have two shows a week. We're going to talk about uh, the season, in-season stuff, um, as the games progress, building up to the playoffs, Super Bowl, et cetera. Uh, for the teams that are not going to make it that far, we're going to start talking about team needs as the, the season progresses. And as we get into the offseason, um, we'll be transitioning to be talk about the NFL draft full time. Now, we're going to do that once a week anyway. We've got two shows a week. One's going to be focused mostly on teams. The other is going to be focused on the NFL draft, talking about uh potential college football player prospects, um, how we evaluate those, as well as I want to talk about uh, the partnership that we have, a strategic partnership with the uh, NFL Mock Draft Database website. Uh, We're we're able to uh, come together with them to be their uh, podcast on their website as well as the YouTube channel and be able to use some of the proprietary back-end stuff that they use on their website, specifically the mock draft simulator that is on their website, as well as the big boards uh, that they have, and um, use that content um, and create content as part of our shows going forward, being able to talk about all that stuff. We're going to have lots of guests in throughout the season with regards to um, talking about teams or talking about prospects, players, senior bowl, combine, NFL draft. Uh, so we'll have media representatives um, across the board. We're hoping to have player interviews, all that kind of stuff. So it'll be a it'll be a fun show. Uh, it's kind of in our wheelhouse, Keith, uh, in our local show that we've done for for a long time. As we transitioned into the off season, what we really enjoyed doing most was getting into the NFL draft and talking yeah. about the draft. And we've been doing it for a long time. We've been doing it longer than just our shows 
this is something that you and I've been up to for probably at least two or three dozen years. I mean, it's been yeah. uh, kind of crazy how long, uh, if I really go back, it goes back almost to the beginning uh, mm -hmm. when ESPN first started airing these things. And now, a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. Football fans, who's ready to score some free bets? Now you can when you bet on any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, I mean, uh, our best shows, not just our favorite shows, but our best shows are, are our pre-draft uh shows and you know with our other show so uh it just it made sense for that when you know tppn was looking for a for a draft show and a national show that they'd come looking to us because it, it's what we do and what's what we're good at so um i hope that those of you that are listening to this uh will come back we have um, another show this week where we're gonna have uh the owner and creator of the nfl mock draft database on with us um, to talk about some of the back end stuff that Bill was referring to and and uh, how some of that stuff works and being able to get information from him about, you know, where certain players are being not just mentioned, but being mocked to or being um, picked in the simulator and how that shifts and change and and seeing how uh, perceptions of players change over time. Uh, and it'll it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. So uh, yeah. come back for that and, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Yeah. So this week, uh, we're going to get started with the NFC. Uh, we're going to do an NFC rundown um, where we're going over some of the uh, the contending teams as we march towards uh, the middle of November now and getting into kind of uh, this playoff discussions, uh, if you will. Who's really uh, the top end teams? Who's pretending that they're right there at, the, at you know, at this juncture uh, where literally seasons can go one way or another we're going to talk about that a little bit and again just to reiterate what keith had mentioned we kind of go back and forth um with with our shows we're going to uh focus this one is going to uh, focus on nfl teams and uh, the next show is going to focus on the draft we'll kind of go back and forth they go hand in hand um teams that uh always kind of want to figure out uh, what team needs are and that ties in directly to uh the nfl draft uh, next spring. So fun conversation, Keith, let's get started. Um, let's take a look at primarily, um, the, the top teams right now in the NFC. Um, we're talking about the Arizona Cardinals, you know, mm -hmm. right up front, I, I, you and I had conversations this last off season about Arizona, whether they were going to be for real this year or whether they were going to be pretenders. 
And if they were going to be pretenders, what was holding them back? And you just right off the top went straight to their head coach. You wanted to see if he was real or not. I mean, yeah. you didn't believe that he was. And I thought mm -hmm. they maybe had the players to kind of get them over the hump a little bit. And what have you seen so far that has contributed to the success that they've had? Well, I mean, they, they've been great. And a lot of it just starts at the quarterback. Like Murray's really taken that next step, not just being, you know, the dynamic guy that, that, that moves around and it's impossible to tackle and, and, uh, you know, pulls big plays just magically out of the air, but he's also just been uh, steadier and more efficient and, and running the offense um, when there's an opportunity to run the offense. And so that's been the biggest change. And then defensively, the, of course, they've, you know, they've, they've continued to ratchet it up and, and play uh, better, um, you know, better defense, keeping, you know, other teams out of the end zone, doing a great job with that. So Arizona's really just picked up and 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 taken that big step. Uh, I still have questions about their head coach um, and all of that, but the talent on the field and the coaching below the head coach, their coordinators and you know their position coaches are showing that they they have the stuff to make this happen. I, I think Arizona is a, a a great contending team right now, and one of those teams that. You know, you have to be, uh, have to be in the in the conversation as a team that's going to, you know, possibly represent the NFC in the in the Super Bowl. You know, I was thinking too. They face uh, the Panthers this week. Um, mm -hmm. Heard some news that Cam Newton was actually visiting the Panthers, and he if signed. he was cleared to play, he would actually be ready to go right away. Yeah, uh, he signed with this them. Week. Oh, did he? So. Yep, you just found that out. Wow, that's great. So, um, so it'd be interesting to see if he makes it to this game. Uh, they're on the road, face the Cardinals. I understand that that's kind of, you know, some some great news for Cam, great news for the team. However, the Cardinals at eight and one to me seem to be right there, maybe with the Los Angeles Rams as being the class of the NFC, not just of the NFC West. Um, one of the tougher divisions in football, although Seattle and San Francisco have proven to be weaker opponents than I think everyone thought going into the season. What is your overall take on the NFC West? And do you think the Cardinals are just running away with the whole thing? No, they're not running away with the whole thing because the Rams are right there. And the Rams have um, are one of those teams that Honestly, you've got the best defensive player in the game. Uh, I, up front. I still think the Cardinals have a better defense, though. So to me, that's overall. That's I would the tipping agree with point. You. Overall, I would agree with you on that. I think that they do have um, the the better defense, and I mean, you just look at at point differential. Uh, Arizona's point differential is about twice what the Rams is. You know, at one twenty two for Arizona and and sixty five for for LA. So. Um, it, it tells that tells the story that the Cardinals are probably the better team. You know what? One of the most underrating signings of, of the offseason was getting Connor at running back. Yeah, that's really proven to be. Um, I mean, he a, was one of those guys signings. that we talked about in the draft a couple, you know, three, four years ago. He didn't work out completely in Pittsburgh. I'm not exactly sure why, but it's turning out to be a great investment for in Arizona for sure. Yeah, I think the problems in Pittsburgh had more to do with Pittsburgh than than with Connor because their offense continues to struggle this year. Um, but that's an AFC team, so we'll save that for for um, <laughs> for next week. Well, let's talk about the Rams for a minute. I mean, Stafford there has just been a dream come true. 
for Sean oh, yeah. McVay in that offense. We saw what Jared Goff was up to for the you know last four years. They finally figured out a way to jettison him and his bad contract, shipped him off to Detroit for you know in exchange for some draft picks. And um, Stafford has really just kind of turned the team around to a much more competent team where mm-hmm. the playbook is completely wide open now. Yeah, they they've been able to attack down the field in ways that they never could under Goff. And it's just really opened up the field and the offense looks so much better um, with Stafford in there. And it's, and it's, I mean, just you get, go to look at uh, Cooper cup stats. He's already over a um, thousand yards. We're only nine games in. And uh, I mean, this, he's just that's having astounding. a stone yeah. yeah. And he just a doesn't that, drop balls. I mean, anything that's doesn't. targeted to him, he's catching, which yeah. his catch rate is just crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and he's he's just a big guy who you know cornerbacks are trying to fight through him to get, to get to the ball and they're not able to. Um, and he's just he's putting up monster numbers. You know, one of those things that we talked about at the beginning of the season was I was questioning the Rams and you were questioning the Cardinals because I thought, well, the, the, I don't the Rams just to me just weren't quite completely well put together and. Matthew Stafford, quite honestly, just didn't, he just wasn't that complete quarterback in, in Detroit. And now you kind of really understand exactly why we knew that he didn't have all the pieces around him there. And, and that leads mm-hmm. to some struggles, but now that he's in a competent system with competent players around him, you really can see, but Cam Akers went out even before the season started. And I was like, oh, that's just going to be really hard for them to overcome. Turns out not so much. Yeah, and uh, it really looks like, you know, it, it it just doesn't matter. I mean, they used the high draft pick on him, and he looked dynamic a year ago. But in this offense, it really just doesn't matter. You need someone who can, you know, sell the the play action and get you a few yards here or there. Uh, but you don't. You, this isn't an offense that's dependent on you know Derrick Henry to carry the load for them. Uh, and when you've got a guy like Stafford uh, slinging it around accurately and and down the field accurately, you really it's the running backs kind of the an afterthought. So it really hasn't mattered. Quickly, let's stay in the NFC West really quick and just talk about another team that that we think has the potential to kind of rise up. Um, even though both the 49ers and the Seahawks are are sitting at three and five getting Russell Wilson back after three weeks out along with Chris Carson coming back into the offense um, and then having the defense improve in the last four weeks. Um, what does that tell you about the, the coming, um, the coming schedule for them and um, how it might translate in the NFC overall? Well, I mean, you look at, at Seattle and and they've got, um, you know, they lost three games without, uh, without or that Wilson didn't finish. So three that two that uh, Geno Smith started and the one where, uh, where Wilson was knocked out and uh, you know, they were in those games even without their quarterback. And um, you know, if Wilson plays in those, it's we're talking, having a different conversation about C- the Seattle. Um, but now they get Wilson back and it was the, they had the the number one offense in the league when he went out in terms of um, yards per play and points per drive. And so getting him back and you're like, if they can get back to that level with the way the defense has improved, this is a team that can make a run, especially with their schedule. 
So at three and five, they've got a lot of work to do. They've they've got a long way to go. They're are they going to compete with Arizona for the um the, the division lead? I can't see how they have uh five fewer wins at this point. <laughs> five. Yeah. Um so so they're looking at they're looking at a wild card um spot. But then you start to look around the 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 NFC at who are the non-division leaders um that are going to be competing for that wild card spot. And it's actually the the CX aren't in that that bad of a situation. Um, yeah, normally you wouldn't call a three and five team in contention, but here we are. This year they are. It's it is it is a weird year that that does benefit Seattle that way, um, and it also is they're not talent wise they're not a three and five team. Um, like just look at this week where they're they're playing the Packers and in, in what will be probably the game of the week. Um, they're only three point underdogs, and usually a, a three and five team going in against a uh, you know Super Bowl contending Packers team you'd be like okay this is going to be a seven eight point um you know underdog but even in Green Bay in the snow uh it's only three points so uh Vegas likes Seattle uh as a team and for good reason I mean they they're three and five right but their point differential is plus 12. so even without their quarterback um for half half their games, they are they're still positive in the point differential so the wins haven't come but they're still playing good football and i think that's overall what um what we're looking at and why getting wilson back and an easier schedule means the Seahawks are will they appear to like be set up to go on a run and get them a chance to get back into the playoffs especially with an improving defense let's talk yeah. about some of the competition there to get to the 6th and 7th seeds um just real quick before we start talking about some of the upper echelon teams so you've got the the falcons at four and four going against the cowboys at six and two at the cowboys Mm -hmm. that's the the falcons at four and four is one of those teams that's right in front um of that wild card race to get to that seventh seed and the cowboys look like they're going to take that division no problem right at six and two i would anticipate the falcons lose that game that kind of sets the Falcons back a little bit. You've got the Saints at five and three visiting the Titans at seven and two this week. Uh, the Saints could drop that that game. Um, well, especially now that they've lost their quarterback. I now mean, that they've Jam- lost the quarterback exactly with, with Jameis Winston out for the year. I mean, they're looking at uh, Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill to try and carry that team. And while you know Winston wasn't carrying the team, um, it was more the defense and you know just being efficient on offense. Uh, that was working for them, you're still looking at a step down in overall talent um, there. And so when you don't have, you know, your, your quarterback with all that, you know, all that arm talent, you do have to wonder, like, are they going to be able to keep up uh, winning at the pace that they have been? And to go into a red hot uh, Titans team this week, that's going to be a tough spot for them. How about the Vikings visiting the Chargers? I think this is one of the more interesting matchups. You know, the Vikings have won a couple of really nice contests this year at three and five, visiting Mm -hmm. the Chargers at five and three. I would have actually thought the Chargers would have been better out of the gate this year. It looked like they were set up to being one of those teams out of the AFC West that could take advantage of the Chiefs having a a year that's a, a bit struggling. And they just haven't completely quite put it all together. I think this gives them a chance to do that at home. And then, you know, the Vikings are kind of set back a little bit further. 
Well, I mean, the Vikings are three and five, just like uh, just like the Seahawks who we talked about a few minutes ago, and they've also got a positive uh, point differential even at three and five. Now that's only plus three, but it's still positive despite being down two games in the uh, you know in, in, in the loss column yeah. below five hundred. Yeah, so you've got a situation where the Vikings um, look to be better than the record indicates. Uh, but they're in a spot, they're in the same spot that Seattle's in, but they're not, you know, they're not getting a bunch of players back and they're not, uh, they don't have like this really, this much weaker schedule uh, down the stretch. They, they really need to start putting together wins um, in large bunches. And, you know, it helps that they're in, in a division with Chicago and uh, Detroit, but two teams that aren't playing well this year. So hopefully they'll be able for them. Hopefully they'll be able to get, uh, you know, a few easy wins in there in order to get themselves back in contention. But this is a team that, I think everyone expected more from everyone expected the Vikings to be uh, a team that could at least compete with the Packers and push the Packers for that division crown. And so far they just don't appear to be, you know, a team that looks like they're going to go to the playoffs this year. Another couple of games that would impact that seventh, sixth, seventh seed uh, in the NFC playoff chase would be the Eagles facing the Broncos Eagles at three and six. Mm-hmm. Uh, with an outside opportunity um, against the Broncos at home at five and four. That's going to be a tough contest for the Eagles to kind of pull that out. I don't see that happening. And then you take a look at the Rams at seven and two visiting um, at the 49ers at three and five. I would anticipate the Rams wanting to take care of business um, on the road against the 49ers and kind of knock the 49ers out of contention. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the Rams should take care of business again, against them. Um, the Eagles are in a, are, are a really interesting team and at three and six, you're like, okay, well, that's probably not that you, why are we talking about them at all? Um, again, plus nine in the point differential. Uh, they're also oh and four at home, which is just weird that they would have just no home field advantage, uh, whatsoever. Uh, and then they're three and three in, in conference play. So they're, um, you know, their losses have been to AFC teams and they've been close losses. And when they've won, they've won big. So it, they're, they're a very weird and interesting team. That, what did you think about the idea that they, they shipped off uh, Ertz to the Arizona Cardinals at a point in time where they were still kind of contending? You know, that was, that was kind of weird, but at the same time there, that had been a, a situation where Ertz was, kind of wanting out and I think it had just gotten to a point in the locker room where they just didn't they just didn't need it anymore they weren't getting enough out of him to deal with all of that so like let's just ship him off get a draft pick for him and focus on the team that wants to be here um and I don't blame him for that and it it uh it's certainly speaking, helping speaking Arizona. of draft picks the Eagles are set up like yeah. ne- next March that's all we're going to be talking about is Philadelphia and uh the ability to move around with what they've got coming in and you know who um, we're not going to be talking about in terms of draft picks is the the LA Rams. Uh, so I, who have I heard that they had. Pick. I heard that they had more than that. Really? Yeah, I'll have to check it out because I okay. I don't know off the top of my head, but yeah. I understand that they've shipped out quite a bit. They shipped off everything. But I but I I thought that they recouped some of that stuff, and we'll have to we'll have to take a look. Um. All right. So where do you want to take this conversation? So well, there's a, there's a few teams at the top that are really pretty decent, and you take a look at the AFC overall, yeah. and the AFC just seems like a weaker conference right now. It's 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 definitely a more balanced conference. There's a lot of teams in the AFC that are still in contention, and 
um, you know, above 500. There's a lot of teams that are above 500 in the, in the NFC though. I mean, you look at your division leaders, um, Dallas is six and two. The second best team in that uh, division is three and six. It's a three game lead there. D- Dallas isn't losing that division. Green Bay at seven and two. They're not losing that division. Tampa at six and two uh, is actually getting, you know, pushed by the saints. Uh, but with the saints without their quarterback, it feels like Tampa's going to just walk away with that. Um, and then in the NFC West, you've got Arizona and the Rams uh, both there. It's, you've got five teams right there for the seven playoff spots that seem pretty well set. Um, and then it comes down to who's left. And I, I think with that, you know, we can kind of look at like who are contenders. Well, currently and who are today, yeah. Who currently today, you would say that the saints are definitely the team that's going to look at that sixth seed, they but look like it. the saints have a hard schedule and they are missing their quarterback. And it starts this week when they go yeah. against the Titans uh, the Saints have a great defense. There's no question yes, about do. it. It's a nice yes, defense, do. but nothing on offense tells me that they're going to go out and keep this current mm-hmm. position for that sixth seed. So you would you consider them a contender or a pretender? Wow. I would have or, said definitely contender before Jameis Winston went out. I thought he was having a nice year, not a great year, um, but enough to where that they were they were winning games with him. Now it's just up in the air. I would say that they're more of a pretender now with that record at five and three as being something that's fairly soft. And and what I mean by that is uh, that is going to change. Yeah. So I'm going to leave them in the contender uh, category. One, they're five and three. So they've got, um, they are the, uh, the sixth seed currently. But Winston hasn't been the catalyst for their wins. He's been doing a good job of, um, you know, just not making the big mistakes, which I know is weird thinking of Winston. He's the guy that had 30 interceptions a couple of years ago. Um, but he's really dialed it back. He's doing, he was doing what um, Sean McVay wanted him to do, and that's just protect the football and let the defense go win them games. Um, you can get that out of Trevor Simeon. Can can Trevor Simeon go win you a game when you need him one? I don't believe he can. I don't he think he's that good of a quarterback, but they weren't getting that out of Winston anyway. So I don't think the drop-off is that big. And the defense is still fantastic. All so right. I'm gonna leave them in the contender t- category. How about let's let's turn our attention to the NFC South and let's take a look at the two teams in the bottom of that division right now, the Falcons and the Panthers, both mm-hmm. sitting at four wins. Are both those teams contenders no are both those teams pretenders i believe so um and it so right now those guys are front runners for that final spot yes because of their current record those are the two teams that are um you know it comes down to tiebreakers for who's in that seventh spot um the problem that i have is you look at like the panthers you know their wins have been against really bad teams like uh, early too yes so they they started out three and zero against uh, the probably the three worst teams in the NFL, uh, and since then what have they done? They've gone one and three against other teams. Um, you know Sam Darnold has shown that he is not, and the he's future out there. He's out for like four or five weeks. And yeah, they but just, that does, they they just yeah. signed Cam Newton. Cam, yeah. So uh, does Cam say, Newton having not played at all 
since he last year. Is he, he a difference anything, maker? Does he have anything left in the tank? I tell you I, what, if he has at least his legs, he can make a difference in games. He can, but at the same time, like, uh, is what did you from what we saw last year in New England at the beginning of the year he was throwing the ball around and and, and being pretty good, but then after he missed time with COVID, it just got ugly. And then it and it never he's got came a new back. He's, you know Rivera's not there. Matt Rule's going to be the coach there that he's going to have to play under now in a new system, new opportunity. Maybe that's what he needs. You know, yeah, and, I mean, and I know that he needed that in New England and so forth and so on. But he's familiar in familiar territory. He's had a, a few of those Panther players now that are around him that he knows. And he's just it's it's a more comfortable situation for him. Yeah. He also but it's a completely new offense than what he ran when he was there. So it's like, oh, he's going back to Carolina, he can just step back in. New coaching staff, completely new offense. He's coming in, he's um, he's had like what one or two practices and a walkthrough, and then they're gonna throw him out there. Um, does he even know what don't know the protections uh, in this offense. All right. So um, how about the, how about uh, turning to the NFC North? How well, about the, the need, Bears and the? Vikings? I was going to say let's. Talk, I was going to. We we needed to get into the uh, Falcons still because we kind of okay. jumped in on on the Panthers. But um, with the Falcons, uh, who have they beat? Right. Um, I, I I have a hard time buying into that team, and part of it is them just getting you know, kind of waxed early on um, and, and beat up. But, you know, they're at four and four. Their their point differential is negative 45. That's. Yeah, yeah and their defense is, their defense is pretty good, but their their offense has been struggling. Um, mm-hmm. And they're going to jump up against a really decent offense at, in Dallas this week too. I don't imagine yeah. that they're going to be four. They're going to be uh Five and four after this game. Yeah, they're, they're gonna probably going to be four and five. Yeah, four. At Falcons four and five. Four sorry. And five. Right. And in Carolina's probably going to be four and six. So um, you're looking at those teams really dropping back, uh, which is why we we took the time to talk about um, Seattle earlier, and now talking about Minnesota and and Chicago um, here in the NFC North. Yes. You know, I. <laughs> We've already seen Minnesota uh, face the, the Seahawks earlier in the year, and they face some some other decent teams and and come out with winning those games and mm-hmm. have looked pretty decent doing so. And then they've lost some confounding ones as well. And it just so, makes no sense. Yeah, and it makes no sense. And I'm not exactly sure what to expect with them, really, uh, going forward. I think that they're going to have a hard time against the Chargers because the Chargers have such a dynamic offense. I think that the Chargers are going to be able to score points on the Vikings um, and and kind of pull away from that game. And it leaves the Vikings at three and six. I think if the Vikings end up being three and six, it's hard for me to see a way that they can dig out of that. Um, you know, other than other than that, the the Bears to me just seems like such an incomplete team. Um, their offense is really bad. One of the, one of the worst offenses in the NFL that the defense has given up 224 points so far, which mm-hmm. is also uh, really bad, more or less. They're just giving up points like crazy just because their offense is, isn't able to, to sustain drives and stay on the field. So I just, I, I, <laughs> I have a hard time visualizing the Chicago bears coming forward being the ones that really step up um to be able to jump ahead of this race 
for, for the bottom, essentially, in getting that seventh seed or even the sixth seed uh, in the playoff race. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at, at them and it's uh, it's tough because they're, they're a team, they've got a, the rookie quarterback, they've got a coach, which is probably um, a lame duck coach now. And if he's a lame duck coach, they may have a lame duck GM, but you've also just invested in a rookie quarterback. So do you want to uh, mess with the quarterback's development by switching coaches on him after one year? And they're just in a really weird spot. Um, I will say though, that, they do have fields and he is probably the most talented quarterback they've had in a really long time. And he's the type of guy that give him enough opportunities. The game will start to slow down for him and he's going to start making more and more plays. And you probably saw it a couple weeks ago when he had that um, just, it looked like he was sacked twice and instead it was a 24 yard touchdown run. Um, the guy is just a dynamic athlete and he's going to, he's going to make plays. He's going to get them in position. And as the game slows down for him, as he gets better, the offense is going to come around just because they finally have a quarterback. Yep. Uh, and, and, so they have I, a buy the, and they have a buy this week. And so maybe they take a little bit extra time, work on themselves, self scout, all that kind of stuff and yeah. um, come out, I, come out and being a slightly different team, more aggressive team in the second half. I don't expect the Bears do they they just don't have the offensive line and quite frankly they don't have the coaching um to 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 make that run in my opinion but they're in a position where they could and having a quarterback like Fields puts them in a position that they haven't been in in a really long time which is some having a competent player under center. I agree. I agree Justin Fields and and he's getting a chance to 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 operate this year. To, to have games under his belt. They might not be a playoff team at all this year, but he's going to have that experience and come in next year uh, with with the ability to be able to do that. You can't say the same thing in San Francisco, um, which is why I think that that team is probably on its way down as well. Jimmy Garoppolo is still there, um, and they're three and five, and they'll probably soon be three and six. Yeah, and I, I, I just wonder how much longer that team is going to continue to ride with Jimmy Garoppolo when they've got the future at quarterback sitting there on the sidelines. Um, I know that Trey Lance is a massive project because he didn't really play the last year. Yeah, but we all saw what he could do in preseason with his arm. I mean, he was slinging the ball all over the place and giving them legitimate hope. And then they just sat him and said, okay, we don't trust you enough to run the offense, but we'll give you the, we'll hand off a few things for you so you can come in and run because we appreciate your athleticism. Uh, but at some point you got to give a kid like that the ball. Yeah. And, and I hope that they do, because if they don't, they're, they're just wasting a year of development. Um, I know that, you know, it's kind of one of those things where teams talk about sitting a guy for a whole year and all of that. So they can learn the game at some point. They've got to get reps though, because they gotta, they gotta have film so they can, uh, self scout during the off season. And it just helps them because when they see things, um, when they're watching film and they're learning and, the, and you know, they're going through stuff with the coaches, they can think back to stuff that they saw and it's different than at the college game. So getting, getting these guys actual game reps is important. Um, I just, I don't, I don't uh, subscribe to the policy of letting guys sit for a whole year and think that that's better for them. So we went through this entire process, Keith, and um, we didn't really point to any particular one team that is going to be able to rise up and grab that seventh 
seed in the playoffs, save one team. And we've, we talk about them on a regular basis on another show. So I don't want to be completely favorable to them. Why do we think the Seahawks are in position to, to legitimately come up from three and five to put themselves in contention, especially when they face green Bay on the road this week and Arizona at home next week. Those are two games that you Mm -hmm. could likely lose as a three and five team now would put you at three and seven at which point um, no one's considering them for anything. No. And so how do you overcome those those sorts of odds? Well, I just look at it as this is of the teams that we've talked about with the exception of maybe the Saints and we don't know what's going on with them the quarterback situation uh and that they're probably the the best and most talented of all the teams and they're the 3 and 5 record has more to do with Russell Wilson's injury than it does anything else and Russell Wilson's back. So they're only they're only one game behind uh, the the four, the four and four teams. teams. Yes, <clears throat> and so they've only got to make up one win on those teams in order to uh, jump them and and get into the playoffs. And they're just poised to do so. Now these next two games are really rough for Seattle, but after that their schedule opens up. They've they've got some some easier games, which they just haven't had much of it at this point. They've had a pretty tough schedule. Um, I will say though, that you look at, at the Falcons, which I said, we're not a contender. No, you got Matt Ryan there. And it's, it's just one of those veteran teams in places where yeah. they could just continue to hang around. And if Seattle loses these I- games, they may be done because uh, yeah. Atlanta may just step up and take it. I tell you, I had talked to you earlier in the week about the Odell Beckham Jr. situation. I thought maybe he goes to Atlanta where Matt Ryan is there. They're still in contention at four and four. They still have an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And with the other teams being as faulty as they are, where they were directly going up against, a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. could tip the scales, especially given the fact julio jones isn't there this year maybe that's what matt ryan is really missing yeah i mean that that would be that would be great for matt ryan and and the Falcons. i really think that that could you know tip them into the the true contender um category but from we're not talking about contender for the super bowl no we're talking about contenders for for (laughs) you know for playoff spots that that Um, last spot yeah get get into the playoffs and see what happens i mean anyone can make a run once you get there uh but you got to get there um, but according to the reporting, uh, Atlanta is not one of the teams that's in, con- it's in contention. It's, um, the chiefs, the Packers, the saints, the Seahawks, and the new England Patriots are the five teams that are in the running for Odell Beckham. Uh, and we'll just have to play this out and see what happens. It's not supposed to be a fast process here. Uh, it sounds like he's going to take his time, see what happens this week. Um, you know, with these teams and, and, and look at, at what's going on with all of them. Uh, you know, if, if Seattle gets blown out by green Bay, you can probably count Seattle out of that because he wants to go to a contending team uh, where he can come in and have a, have a chance at, at a super bowl and right. And if, but if Seattle goes and beats green Bay in Lambeau, well, they become a much more attractive option. So there's a lot of moving parts in that particular saga and we're just going to have to wait to see what happens this weekend. All right. So I think we've done the NFC rundown. And next week, we're going to talk about the AFC in the same show segment. So it's time to get out of here, Keith. First Let's show under the under the belt. Thanks for uh, being on. 
it's going to be a great ride. We really enjoy being here. You can follow Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. I'm at Aldstead NFL. The show is at PF underscore playbook. You can find us at profootballplaybook.co on the web. And you can look us up and find us on your favorite podcast apps and our YouTube channel. And we're looking for subscribers. So click that subscribe button too. So if it's, uh, if it's around the NFL, it's in the playbook. The playbook. <laughs> so listen. Thanks for listening to the Pro Football Playbook Podcast. Follow Keith at Myers NFL. Bill is at Altstead NFL. The show is at PF underscore playbook. Listen and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or YouTube and at our website, profootballplaybook.co.